Romans chapter number 8, verse number 1. Romans chapter 8 is a tremendous, a tremendous chapter in the Bible. And uh, starts with verse number 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. And it starts these first two verses, start this chapter, and everything is hinged here on these first two verses. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And the reality is this, you are either in Christ today or you're not. There's no in-between. You are either found in Christ or you're not. You either saved, and if you're saved, you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You are in Christ. When God sees you, He doesn't see you in your sin. There's, that's why there's no more condemnation. It's because Jesus Christ, He has paid the sin debt for you, and you are either in Christ or you're not. In Romans chapter 8, He is talking to those that are in Christ. The emphasis in Romans chapter 1 through Romans chapter 7 that we've studied is it's on sin. And we looked each of those weeks, we looked on sin. You probably thought for those several weeks, is he ever going to stop preaching on sin? That's all he's preaching on. And, but that's what God did through Romans 1 through 7. He, he causes us to see that uh, uh, the law can't save us and keeping the law can't save us and doing good works can't save us. The only thing that can give us eternal life is Jesus Christ. And we see that for the first seven chapters here in Romans. And then when we come to Romans chapter 8, where we looked last week, and it introduces us to the Holy Spirit. Paul just mentions the Holy Spirit once or so, once or twice, in the first seven uh, chapters. And we come to chapter number 8, and it's mentioned some 20 times, the Holy Spirit. First 16 verses, I believe, we'll find this Holy Spirit mentioned about 16 times. We, we, we are bombarded with the work of the Holy Spirit. And what happens when a person is saved? We find that the Holy Spirit comes and indwells us. And we then, we then have the power, because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, to live the life that God intends for us to live, the spiritual man. The spiritual man we saw, he is one that is controlled by the Spirit. And then there's the carnal man. And the carnal man is our flesh and the desire that we want. And we saw this, that the reality is this, we are flesh, we like sin. We want to sin. We enjoy sin. But the Holy Spirit of God gives us the power to overcome those sins in our life. And we realize this in reading Romans chapter 8. Apart from the Holy Spirit at work in us, apart from the Holy Spirit, we cannot succeed at being Christ-like. You cannot be Christ-like on your own. The only way that you can be Christ-like is the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of you and through you. And we come to verse number 6 here this morning. And the Bible says this, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because a carnal mind is enmity against God or at odds or an enemy against God for it is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God the carnal man cannot please God you behaving in the flesh it's impossible to please God what's pleasing to God is is a spiritual man it's the one where he is yielded to the Holy Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit of God is working in his life and through his life that's the only way for us to be pleasing to God. 
Verse number nine, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by a spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, but ye are alive after the flesh. Ye shall die, but if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. And today, first, I want us to see... We're going to look at three things here quickly this morning. The first thing I want us to see is this. There's one spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. There is one spirit. We find this to be true that in Romans chapter 8, Paul is introducing us to the Holy Spirit of God. We have no resources within ourselves to be what God desires us to be. The only thing we have to rely upon is the Holy Spirit of God. There are many that try to be a good person, no self-help or self-control or self-will. None of those, none of those things will allow us to be what God desires us to be. The only way that we can be Christ-like, the only way we can accomplish in our lives what God desires for us is for us to be yielded to the Holy Spirit of God. This is critical for us this morning to see. It's critical for us. Romans chapter 8, verse number 8. See there with me, if you would, please. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You know, I don't think that Paul can be any clearer for us as we study chapter number 8 here this morning. I don't think he could be any clearer. In order for us to be Christ-like, in order for us to be pleasing to God, we must allow the Holy Spirit of God to work in our lives. We must be yielded to Him. And Paul tells us in the uh, last chapter we saw last week where he said, I continue to wrestle and and I continue to fight and and I continue to to do what I don't want to do. I continue to be what I don't want to be. And the only way for someone not to, to be that, the only way for someone to be what God desires for them to be is we find this. The only way to be pleasing to God is that we are yielded to the Holy Spirit in our life. There's one spirit. If I use my wisdom, if I use my willpower, if I use what I think I need in my life, it is impossible to be Christ-like. It's not that it's difficult. It's not that it's hard. It's impossible for a Christian to be Christ-like without being controlled by the Spirit of God. You can't be good enough. You can't try hard enough. You can't be self-disciplined enough. That's not what we're talking about here. In order to be a spiritual man, you must be yielded to the Holy Spirit of God. We find that there's one spirit here. I want to quickly move on to our second point here for sake of time this morning. And that's this. There's two choices. Paul talks again in chapter number eight. He talks about the spiritual minded. He talks about the carnal man. We find this. There's two choices. I like the way that Paul, he boils this down real simple for us. He makes it very, very simple for us to understand here. There's the carnal man, verse number five, if you'll see there, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. There's two choices. There's the carnal man. There's the spiritual man. Two choices he gives us here. 
And Paul divides all people into these two categories. He says there's two categories. There's those that allow themselves to be controlled by the Spirit, and there's those that allow themselves to be controlled by the flesh. And the reality is this. Each one of us here today, you are going to fall. If you're saved, you're going to fall into one of those categories. Are you allowing your flesh to control you, or are you allowing the Spirit to control you? I think, as I mentioned to begin the service this morning, our message, we need to be sure as we come to this table, and we'll read in just a few moments here, we need to be sure that we are not being controlled by our flesh. We need to be sure as we come to this table this morning that we're not living in sin and that our flesh is controlling us. But we need to come recognizing and understanding this, that Jesus Christ, he shed his blood. He, his body was broken so that we could have life through him. And once we're saved, we do not have to continue to live in the flesh. We do not have to continue to live where our, our flesh is controlling us. But we need to be yielded to the spirit of God. And Paul shows us here in these few verses that we've read, there are two choices that each and every one of us have today. What choice are you choosing? Who's controlling your life? I think it's a question that each one of us ought to answer here today. Are you carnally minded? Or are you spiritually minded? Everything you say comes from one of two sources. You either said it because you are in the flesh or you said it because you're in the spirit. This past week or two, we were on vacation and my wife likes Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And one of the things that she doesn't necessarily like about living up here is she can't find a Dunkin' Donuts coffee close enough to her. She likes to visit my in-laws because there's a Dunkin' Donuts right down the street from their house. And we drove up and, and uh, coffee during a certain uh, time frame, it was on sale and we drove through the drive-thru and, and I ordered four or five coffees, I think it was, as we drove through the drive-thru and, and the guy there said to me, I can only order one per customer. And now I'm in my minivan, I've got like seven people in my van. And so I said, um, so you're saying I have to come inside and get my coffee? And he says, yes, you have to come in and, and get your coffee. And I said, I've got seven people in the van. And so I, I did from the time I ordered and the conversation I had and the time I drove around the building. And by the time I drove up into the building and I walked in the building, I have to confess, I was being controlled by my flesh. <laughs> and I walked into this guy and I said, you mean to tell me that I have to come inside to get coffee? And he looked at the entourage that we had coming in and he said no. And, and I, I saw my wife. I should have looked at her face closer, but I could tell. A lot of times my wife, she is very keen at telling me, just by her facial expression, you are in the flesh right now. <laughs> and I just could not understand why we had to come in to get coffee. We got back out in the car and my wife looked at me. For about five minutes, she didn't say anything. She just looked at me, gave me that stare. How many of your husbands ever got that look? Huh? You know what I'm talking about. And she looked at me, and finally I said, what? She said, it's coffee. It's coffee. You got in the flesh over coffee. 
She said, really, was it a big deal that she had to get out of the car? You need the exercise anyway. I said, now you're in your flesh now. But you know, the reality is this. Every day of our life, we are either going to make decisions in the flesh, carnal decisions, that will never, never, never benefit us. We'll never exalt Christ. We'll never point others to heaven. It won't bring glory and honor to our Heavenly Father. It brings appeasement to our flesh. When I was letting that fellow there at the counter know what I thought about me having to come in, I was not giving him the gospel. I was not exalting Christ. I wasn't being Christ-like. What I was doing is I was saying this, you offended me and I'm going to now show you how much you offended me. Nothing profitable happened in that conversation. Christ was not exalted. And whenever we behave, we have two choices. In every circumstance that comes in our life, we can either behave with a carnal man or we can behave in the spirit. The right way to behave in the spirit, because when we behave in the spirit, Christ is always honored because the Holy Spirit of God always points to Jesus Christ. When I behave in the spirit, how I behave is in such a way where others can see Christ in me and through me. You see, Paul gives us two choices. Every place you go, it's going to demonstrate which two categories you're in. Every reaction you have to everything that you do is going to demonstrate, it's going to demonstrate these two categories. You're either carnal or you are being controlled by the spirit. Every emotion, good or bad, every emotion you have that comes up inside of you, you either are going to be controlled by your flesh or you are going to be controlled by the Spirit of God. Every good work you do, every good thing or bad thing you do, you are either going to be controlled by the flesh or controlled by the Spirit of God. Paul, he goes on to say this in verse number nine, but ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit. Here, Paul in chapter seven, he's kind of given us the excuse. And we say, well, I identify with Paul. That's right. I'm not sure what I do, what I, why I do what I do, but it seems like I always make the wrong mistakes. And we can say in chapter number seven, Paul, I identify with you. But Paul then gets into chapter number eight and he begins to talk about the Holy Spirit of God. And he takes away all the excuses. We no longer have to live in excuses. We no longer have to live in guilt. We no longer have to live in remorse. What he says in verse number nine, ye are not in the flesh, ye are in the spirit. What he's saying is this, there's no more excuses for living the carnal man. There's no more excuses for letting the carnal man control you. You have something, someone that's living inside of you. And we need to be yielded to the Holy Spirit of God because we're not to live a life pleasing our flesh. We're not to live a life in the world. We are to live a life where Jesus Christ is exalted and seen through us. You know, Paul, one thing I like about Paul, he doesn't beat around the bush, does he? No matter how embarrassing or how revealing he, he is, he, he tells us exactly like it is. Reminds me of a mother. She was preparing dinner one evening for one of her children, and she uh, calls her little boy in, and he comes running in, and, 
runs into the kitchen. She asks him, what have you been doing all day? And he says, I've been playing mailman all day long. And she says, you have? What have you been doing? He says, I've been delivering letters. She said, you've been playing mailman. You don't have any letters. And he said, oh, yes, I do. I found a whole stack of letters in your bottom drawer of your dresser tied with a ribbon. And I took each one of those out and I gave them to all of our neighbors in their mailboxes. Yeah, mom was embarrassed because what might have been in those letters? <laughs> the reality is this, the news is out. Here is the letter. It can be very embarrassing. It can be very revealing. Something you might want to keep private or confidential is in those letters, but the reality is this. The news is out. People who are governed by the flesh and love the things of the flesh, they're living dead lives. They're living dead lives. People who are governed by the Spirit and love the things of the Spirit are living full lives in Christ Jesus. You are either living a dead life that means nothing, verse number 10, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. You see, there's nothing, there's nothing good about our flesh. It's just secrets, it's just lies, it's just, it's, it's works, it's dead works, it's, it's dead. And Paul says we don't have to live there any longer. You don't have to live a, a wasted life. You don't have to live a meaningless life. You don't have to live a life where you've lived an entire life and at the end it is worthless in nothing. We can live a life of righteousness. We can live a life that actually is worth something. We can live a life that makes a difference in this world. But the only way to live that kind of life is to live a life yielded by the Holy Spirit of God. Christian, any other life lived is a wasted life. It's a wasted life. When we behave in our flesh and when we behave in a carnal spirit, we are wasting our life. There's nothing profitable. But when we are yielded to the Holy Spirit of God, we can live a righteous life. We can live a life worth living because that life is going to point others to Jesus Christ. I need to be quick here and I'm just going to give you three thoughts here. Number three, there's three hindrances to living this life. There's three hindrances. The first hindrance that we, I want us to see this morning is grieving the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30. Is there a slide for that? Ephesians 4.30. I want you to see this. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You see, this grieving is something you can only do to those that you love and who love you. You can anger, you can frustrate your enemies, but you can only grieve someone that loves you. And God, He loves us so much. And when we do things He doesn't want us to do, it grieves Him. In living a life, living a life of, of doing things that God does not desire for us to do, it's grieving to the Holy Spirit of God. The second thing, a hindrance would be this. Not only grieving the Holy Spirit, would be quenching the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. Quench not the Spirit, the Bible says. You see, grieving the Holy Spirit is doing things against the Spirit. But quenching, quenching the Spirit is not doing the things that He desires for us to do. 
And so I would challenge us today as we are looking to live a spiritual life, as Paul outlines in Romans chapter number eight, as we are looking to live a life, how do we live that life? We live it by not grieving the Holy Spirit. When we grieve the Holy Spirit, we are going to be living a carnal life, a dead life. If we quench the Holy Spirit, and that is this, the Holy Spirit prompts us to do something and we don't do it. Grieving Him is doing what we're not supposed to do. And quenching the Holy Spirit is not doing what He tells us to do. You know, we're going to come to the Lord's table here in just a moment. And some may come here quenching the Holy Spirit of God. Maybe the Holy Spirit is saying to you, you know, you need to ask for forgiveness. You've, uh, you've offended this person and you need to ask for forgiveness and get this right here today. And he's working your heart and you know you're supposed to do it. The carnal man would quench the spirit and say, I'm not asking for forgiveness. But the spiritual man that's yielded to the spirit would say this. I'm going to go and get this right with a brother or get this right with my spouse or get this right with a fellow church member. Because the Holy Spirit of God is prompting me to do something and I'm going to be obedient in my life. You see, there's hindrances, though, to being a spirit-filled man. One is grieving the Holy Spirit. Two is quenching the Holy Spirit. Number three is rejecting the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians 4, 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. Says, uh, First Thessalonians 4, 3 says that this is the will of God, even your sanctification. And then it begins a list, and we don't have the time this morning to go through this entire list of some things that you and I should remove from our life. But if you would take the time and go to 1 Thessalonians, you'll find where Paul uh, uh, says there's a, a whole list of things that should not be in our life. And when we are involved in those things, when we're doing those things, we are rejecting the Spirit. We're rejecting Him. And this morning as we prepare our hearts and prepare our minds... You see, the Holy Spirit of God should be working in our life. If you're here today and you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have confessed your sins, you have turned from your sins, and you have accepted Jesus Christ and the free gift of salvation, then the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you, and that is someone that wants to work and, and give you direction and, and, and give you insight and give you wisdom and, and help you live the victorious Christian life that you can only live by being yielded to the Spirit of God. One Spirit. But there's two choices. You can either yield to that spirit or you can yield to your flesh. You can either listen to the spirit living it, that lives inside of you and yield to him and obey him or you can live in your flesh and let your flesh dictate the decisions you make. But if you do, if you allow your flesh to dictate, you'll be grieving the Holy Spirit, quenching the Holy Spirit and rejecting the Holy Spirit. And what we need today, one, what I want us to see this day is we, in order to live the victorious Christian life, we cannot, we cannot be grieving the Holy Spirit of God. What he says, we must be obedient. When he gives us direction, when he gives us what we need to live that victorious Christian life, we need to be yielded. We cannot grieve him. We cannot quench him. And we cannot reject the Holy Spirit working in our life today.